Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Go. And welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is a special podcast because we have a guest. Not just me. Although I am a special guest, Gobby's with us, but now we've got Bubba with us too. Hey, I'd just like to say I kind of missed the intro. Oh, you did? Yeah, it made me feel all fuzzy inside when I hear the intro, but I'm still good. I imagine it in my head. Maybe you you have COVID. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) The tests have been negative, but you never know. You just come off of quarantine, so you're good. You, you You have successfully beat COVID. Yeah, I've come off like a triple quarantine. I'm like golden. So you just blew right past me straight to Bubba. Hey, everybody. I'm here, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gobby's here. Gobby's here. here, but also Bubba. <laughs> this is your annual appearance. It is, man. I feel I feel blessed. You know, I feel like I'm being consistent, you know, in, in my appearances. Hey, quick question. You Okay, so literally your wife had corona and... yes. How did you not get it? How did you not get it? Did you did you not kiss her? Well, no, I'm like like I we didn't change anything in our lives and and if I don't know people may not know, we live in a very 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 tiny home. We like living in an original tiny home. And so we can't help but to, you know, kind of go over each other. We didn't do anything really special to not for me not to get it. I just accepted my fate that I would get it. And then lo and behold, the angel spoke. My bloodline is strong like a American stallion. And <laughs> I did not get COVID. I didn't even know. I'm a thoroughbred. I'm a thoroughbred. I didn't even know it. I I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I, 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 I mean I, there's nothing to say. I mean, I just, the man lived with someone with COVID for several weeks, never got it. I, I guess know. I can't dispute it. Well, let me let me tell you something else to make this giving me me to give me my sea biscuit. You know, heritage. Um, seriously. Just don't my, break a leg. I, I, I know, right? So our neighbors who we often go over, they are one family. We live super, super close to them. I go over there all the time to do all the things that a guy does, you know, from the refrigerator to whatever, tools, whatever. Well, pee on, is, pee on yeah. the toilet. Yeah, all that. So they have a family of five or six plus grandkids and everything. They all got COVID too. Like right before and during when my wife got it. Went over there all the time. They still didn't get it. I don't know. What can I say? What can what? Well, what can I say? I'm yeah. pretty fantastic. I'm pretty. I'm pretty okay. So there you go. This is probably going to end up to be like one of those like unbreakable, like the movie, like Bruce Willis, <laughs> like Bubba has discovered he's some sort of superhero. He has no. no they're going to be no. chasing him down to harvest his blood. You, I, know, I know, you, know, you know what? I just thought about that. And I realized I got COVID. I got COVID. I just realized that made me special. Maybe, maybe people might consider that. Pharma, big pharma may hunt me down. His metachlorian count is really high. It's really high. <laughs> he didn't even know. Right. Big pharma is out there. I mean, but is Big Pharma like a rapper? No, Big Pharma is, is there Big a little, Pharma. There's Little Farmer, and then there's Big no, no, Farmer. No, no, I mean, I mean, literally like the corporation Big Pharma, like the industry Big Pharma, the evil mm-hmm. industry, because they are one With of the most pH. evil, unregulated industries in the world. But whatever. No, no, 
That's conspiracy. That's, see, they don't they don't want you to give out the fact that the whole time you were taking vitamin C and zinc, and that was all you needed. I, I will say this that and this may be something for people, but I mean, don't do this. I'm not advocating any medical advice, but I'm a constant person who has a sinus sinus infections so i constantly take decongestants and i do take fish oil and vitamin c and vitamin d all the time i guess it's part of my regular every morning thing so i feel like i'm an old geriatric man i take so many pills but i don't know maybe that worked too so i just want to bring out that this is why we don't have bubba on so often because he's literally been on for five minutes and already has declared that he's some sort of superhuman (laughs) ability to defeat covid and called out the industries of of the pharmaceutical companies and yeah and gave health advice to all of our (laughs) listeners be healthy black van with with Pfizer written on the side of it, you run away, Bubba. <laughs> I'm not. Well, well, I will say this just because I didn't get COVID. I still got fat, so I'm not running anywhere. Speaking of nothing related to that at all. Uh, I saw my first shoplifter at Walmart. <gasps> oh, and welcome. It, and it was quite comedic. It was, it was, he, he literally, it was like out of the movie. Like, I'm like, I know you're a shoplifter because this is what they do in the movies. It was not a cold day, but he had on a large coat and I rounded the corner and he's literally sticking some pepperoni into his no. coat pocket. No. And I walk around the corner and he looks up at me and I look up at him. <laughs> And it was the most awkward. I was like, you didn't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the the Ronies you're looking for. (laughs) You you didn't tackle them? Got me? Didn't call security? I know. We're told not to interfere. So I just gave him an old head nod. (laughs) I I wanted to say something like, really, pepperoni? What are you in here for? Well, there were some delicious pepperonis I wanted. You don't feel sorry for him for stealing pepperoni because you only steal pepperoni when you need it. That is not a well. Not like uh, a, okay, I'm not. No, you're. I'm. You're legitimately. I was thinking to myself of uh, speaking about morals and ethics, and you know later in the show. In my mind, I'm like, is this man so hard up for food? He needs pepperoni, and he doesn't have the money to pay for it. So. What do I do? Do I let this man starve or do I let him steal this pepperoni? What do I do? Walmart has billions and billions and billions of dollars. They don't need that pepperoni. He does. Right. Oh, he's just stealing from Big Pepperoni. <laughs> Another rapper that I enjoy. So no like no loss <laughs> prevention on your part. You didn't like turn him in. Don't y'all have like undercover security guards to prevent loss? I've I've always heard those rumors about Walmart and you know like oh there's somebody following me around that's a Walmart undercover you know no I I told my boss and they just laughed I mean that was it so you know I don't you know I don't often refer back to this time period of my life because I'm morbidly ashamed of it but it used to be when I worked at Walmart we had a loss prevention and that provided the best moments of my hey, life quick question you're ashamed of working at walmart i work there sir well no 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 there is a limit when you reach this time limit of working for walmart then you can be ashamed right now you're in the unashamed time period you're okay 
You're honeymooning. You're honeymooning. You're honeymooning. Yeah. yeah. This is, you're like a baby moon. You know, you have something new. You're like in your baby moon stage. It's you're okay. still stomping your feet when they do the Walmart cheer. Oh, yeah. You're still excited to be there and all that. Do they still I'm do the Walmart my, cheer? I'm real loud on the first W. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They don't. No, but they talk about it as if it's a thing, but. Uh, they this there's a particular team lead in our uh, area that tries to do it. Like she she'll do it every now and then, but no one else ever does it ever, and no one like joins her on it. Well, I will tell you every time that I even think about it. Like right now, since you just brought it up, every time I think about the Walmart cheer, I have to pee because I <laughs> I think that that's the reaction that I get. Now I'm not going to follow that thought through. You can you know think about that yourself, but. That's how that's how my body responds to that. It's like it's not PTSD. It's literally PTSD. Now, like I thought, like, you know, every time you knew that was coming, you had to go pee. So you trained your mind to like, OK, the Walmart's here. I got to go pee. It, what, isn't that a thing? Like the dog in there, like the experiment with the dog. That was salivating. That's, that's salivating. That's salivating. That's Pavlov. Pavlov. Yeah. <laughs> you Pavloved yourself into having to pee every time you hear the no, Walmart cheer. I, now, just to take this to a wide turn, I kid you not, every time I go to Home Depot and smell wood, I have to go pee. Every single time. <laughs> hey, Bubba. Bubba. Give me a W. <laughs> give, no. Give me an A. <laughs> hey, you have to clap with it. Don't you smell that rich mahogany? <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, man. What, what can you say? It's Walmart ways. Oh, and also another horrific thing that happened to me just yesterday. And I've been worried about this because it's Walmart and it's in the local in the area. And I grew up not uh, an hour away from here. And people come here to shop, even though it's a long way to go. But they think that because Texas doesn't have tax on their food, it's worth it. I don't understand. They're driving an hour to get here. Maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, I- I ran into a high, one of my best high school friends. I have not seen him in 20 plus years yesterday. And he did not recognize me because I'm fat and bald. And he said, he literally (laughs) came up to me and said, he looks the same. He's identical. Hasn't changed a bit. Makes me sick. Has all his hair. Hasn't aged a day. He has an 11 or 12 year old son now, but he come up to me and said, oh, sir, where's your canned tomatoes? I was like, Thomas? I said, and I had to say, this is Gobby. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, man, man, the mask, the mask. I didn't recognize you for the mask. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what it was. It's the mask. Hey, Gobby. Thomas. I said, I've gained 100 pounds and I'm uh, bald now. It's okay. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, This is my life. This is my life now. I work at Walmart. Did you ask him why he was stealing pepperonis? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Jerry. I bet, I bet that if you would ask him if he had COVID, he would have said, no, I'm like Seabiscuit. It's right. Because that's why, he, see, should have asked him, Gavin. He still got his hair. He still got his weight. COVID ain't got nothing on him. Mm-hmm. See? See what you learned at Walmart? Yeah. He was. He looked the exact same. It was. It's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. And embarrassing. Nah, it happens. 
Also, before we go any further, I'm going. I'm going through my list. I've had this stuff for a while. It's been a while since we recorded. I bought a wine that sold me. Whoever the market manager, uh, madman of this wine is, they need a raise. Well, first of all, it's the li- the line of wines that's Menage Trois. Okay. What? Mm-hmm. Menage a Trois. Have y'all heard of that wine line? Yes, I, I know what a Menage a Trois is, which is a good title uh, for this podcast. Uh, Since there is three of us. Uh, well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not talking. I'm out of this segment until I, I know what we're talking about. Continue on. Okay, but <laughs> the wine. So there's a line of wines called Menage, Menage a Trois. Is French for endless breadsticks. <laughs> Yeah. So whenever you're at, uh, ever you're at Olive Garden, ask for the Menage a Trois. That's what the Menage a Trois. So ask for a French, ask for a French thing at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. They get it's it. Okay, they'll get it. Okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> Translates well. The wine itself is, is a Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon, but its its name was Decadence. Ooh, and. Below where it says, okay, Decadence is a 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon, California. On the description, it has luxurious, rich, mm. and seductive. Mm. I bought that sucker. I bought it right then and there, and I said, I got to taste that. Mm. What does luxurious, rich, and seduction seductive taste like? Decadence, Menage a Trois. It was good. It's a $10 bottle of wine. Mm. Well, in, in terms, in I, in terms, using descriptive terms like that, there is one that always gets me, and I am a sucker for succulent. Anything described as being succulent, I'm there. I don't know why, but if you put if you Ooh. put something on a label that lets me know that suggests that this is succulent, I'm there. I think that's what Mike Delizio has uh, said of his toes. That's that's his that's his uh, LLC. <laughs> Mike Delizio's toes, Succulent Incorporated. <laughs> nope, mm. nope. I have no idea. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but not to know how you feel about it though. And uh, I may not trying that one. By the way, not trying it, bro. It's good. It's good. It's semi dry. No, because think about think about what you're telling me. Hey, Bubba, come over one day and try this wine. Oh, what kind of wine is it? Oh, you'll love it. I felt like you're coming on to me or something, man. <laughs> you have to try it. Oh, I'm good. I told you, I mean, that guy earns a bonus, whoever have come up with that tagline. I'll give him credit. That's like a Victoria's Secret thing. That's, that's, that's what Victoria... It, it has the descriptions of things, and you're like, "Oh, I want to buy that. It sounds super nice." And you realize it's just the same ten dollar bra you can get at Walmart, but it just looks, but it just it has a good, you know, it has a good tag on it. So it's like, oh, okay. I'm about to say you're somehow saying that garments at Walmart are equivalent to those of of, of Victoria's Secret. And I just don't, I don't know if I, I let, yeah. let me not make that mistake. I, that that was an oversimplification. I'm still right, but that was an oversimplification. I'm <laughs> playing. I buy my I buy my wife's uh, uh, undergarments nope. at Sears. No, so. not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's. We're going to have to uh, change the tone of this podcast to be a little more serious because we are about to hard merge into a serious topic. And so let me 
let me do my preamble real fast. Let me put on my serious voice. <clears throat> mm. Okay. Right, or just real quick, just visualize Jerry closing his eyes and taking off his glasses and rubbing his nose. Right, go ahead, Jerry. Due to COVID, of course, we haven't been getting together an awful lot. So we've been supplementing our succulent podcast with interviews and <laughs> luscious, beautiful guests such as Bubba and various others. And so we had uh, planned on Bubba doing an episode with us. And I even had talked to him about doing perhaps a top five or something of that nature. And then uh, some drama took place in the board gaming world, which, you know, how we are about drama, we tend to avoid it. But we got an email from a Tyler from Chicagoland from a fan of ours. And I will somewhat give a brief synopsis of his email. Essentially, there has been some hubbub over some comments that a certain designer, Daniel Tassini, has made and some various other people in the board game industry. It all kind of happened within a week of each other, and I'm not going to get into the the details of it. We'll just kind of leave that to your own. If you want to find out about it, you can go get on Twitter and dig through it. But Tyler asked an interesting question. He says, my question to you is this. As fans of their work, is it possible to like their creations and separate them from their worldviews? Or does buying slash playing their games give them money and influence and thus provide them more of a platform to espouse these views? He goes on to say that he's a fan of this particular designer. But Tyler goes on to also say that this whole thing makes me feel icky. In this moral crisis and racial reckoning in the board game world, I knew that I should turn to the most down-to-earth and least qualified people possible, the snobs. Please help me and other board gamers. make Yes. Please please help us make sense of this. P.S. I fully understand if you don't want to talk about this on your podcast, it's a spicy topic. Well, of course, we don't want to talk about this on our podcast. But then after considering it, I do feel like it might be something that needs to be at least somewhat addressed. And so we were discussing this with Stanley, a.k.a. Bubba, who is often who we turn to when we have deep philosophical discussions. And we decided to save it for the podcast. And so that's part of the reason why we're kind of taking this brief jaunt and utilizing this episode to kind of catch up with Bubba, but also talk about and unpack some of this drama that's been going on in the board gaming world. So we thank you, Bubba, for being with us and for unpacking some of the more unsavior aspects of this situation and pretty much letting us piggyback on your uh, uh, emotional labor. And on Uh, that note, I'm going to open my beer and, but real quick, I mean, so the, 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 the ones in how big talks right now is Daniel Toschini, which is, Part of the Cranio Creations, Simone Luciani, I mean, Marco Polo, all the games that we like. We love them. Uh, Phil Eklund. Okay, Phil Eklund, I looked mm-hmm. up his I stuff. He did Pax Premier, the first edition. Did he? I mean, the second edition does not have no. his name on it. Do you it know wasn't why? done by him. That's done by Cole Worley. He assisted on it. But yeah, Phil Eklund and also the CEO of Fun Again Games has, has said some rather oh, yes. condescending and sexist things. I mean, all this stuff, I don't want to get into the... Right, right. But I do I do like to say the names because when people are vague, sometimes it's like, who who are you talking about? Well, who, who should I avoid? And they're like, Google it yourself. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. And But I'm also, I'm lazy and... 
And I also want to bring out is that we're not telling anybody to avoid anybody. This is really just for our own edification on this topic and really to help us kind of. Uh, this is certainly one of those topics that we should have discussed before turning on the microphone. But again, it's it's so much funner just having hot takes. And so that's where we're at. <laughs> and so that's why. Uh, yes. And so that's why I wanted to complete or finish this conversation that I was having with Bubba regarding this. So Bubba, what is your thoughts on this matter as I drink my my beer? You you drink away. I, I want to say this first because um, I read the email that Tyler sent in. And first of all, beautiful baby girl. I think you said it was a baby girl. So very beautiful family. Very nice. And uh, never been to Chicago. So I got to go. I think it's a great city with great food, apparently. So I got to do that. Um, but to the question that he asked, and I had uh, looked up that to and the tea guy, as I call him, because all his board games start with teas. Um, the one of the questions that he asked was kind of a simple one, I think, but what's deep at the same time, which is to sum it up. Can you, is it possible to separate a person's creation like board games from, you know, their war views? I think that's how he put it. Um, my opinion, the short answer is yeah, sure. No problem. Why not? I mean, cause you're playing a board game. You're not really playing the board game and having him talk to you and express his worldviews and trying to inculcate them into you, which would probably violate your conscience and your sense of worldview. So that's the short answer is yes, you can, if you like, I think the more nuanced answer is when you ask the question like that and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gabby and Jerry, when you ask the question like that, it's, it's not really a, a it's less of a reflection on the person and more on the reflection of who you are as a person, right? In other words, if I play this person's game or their creation content, am I connecting myself with a person who thinks like that? The, the degree of separation, is it far enough for me where I can play that game and feel okay? Or is that, or is that too close? And it's really a more of a reflection on what you think as a person or how you feel about it. And I know that, that, same, that may seem like a shallow reasoning, but some people are going to say you can't separate it. Uh, I can't support this person with their worldview, and so I'm not going to play their game. Or by playing their game, am I subtly affecting my own psyche or the way I see things? And if you look at his board games, you know, does it reflect his worldview? Of course it does. But it doesn't have to be your worldview. It may be to you that it's just fun, and or maybe something completely different. But that's my take on that simple question. I thought that was a good question to ask, but. Ultimately, it's a personal question to answer. I don't know. That's my two cents. Probably less than two. Let's say one and a half. I would say, just real quick on the the point of simply asking the question, I'm I'm that guy too. But someone that asked the question, what would you do, means to me, you're kind of relying on the societal norms or ethics to influence your own opinion. In other words, I don't know what to do. There are people that automatically are like, no, I will never play another game of his again. I don't want to support him and give him a platform. And there's people that are like what you said. They're like, yeah, I have no problem with it. I like his games. I don't care what he thinks. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, so you have that 
I don't, the reason why I say that is because, I mean, I have the ability to do it, but I certainly understand you are contributing by not saying something, by not speaking up. Do you take your stand? You know, as a friend of mine always says, is this a, a hill that you're willing to die on? Do you take a stand to hopefully have a measurable impact? I, I get that. I, I get it. I understand it. But where, where is the impact at? I mean, is it? I mean, you know how you feel about the game. You know how maybe your friends feel about it and the people around you feel about it. Is it really going to impact him if you say, hey, I'm not going to buy your game or whatever? Well, financially, it may. But is it going to change his worldview? I mean, even if financially it does, is that really sincere? I mean, you know, these are things that should be they should be obvious that if you do something of a certain way that is going to cause a certain hysteria or a certain concern hysteria is the wrong word a certain concern just common sense so if you hadn't got it by now i mean you know what i'm saying if you or i use a charged word you know it's charged and you use it in a public space where people have access to it you know that it's going to cause a reaction that's common sense you know what i'm saying it's like if my mom was alive and i went into it went to her and i said the f word you don't curse around my mother at all. I don't curse myself, but especially around my mom. Am I going to be surprised that she now wants to beat me? Of course not. That's a normal response. So if you use a charged word, especially socially, especially certain types of words, you know how people are going to respond to that. Whether you agree or disagree is irrelevant. You know. And, and that's a good point. I think a lot that was brought out, though, especially with Daniel Tassini and and. Uh, the CEO of Fun Again Games, both of their comments, I think, were made in private, either in text messages or through emails, and then were later made public. And so I think that that, that brings some context to it, that this wasn't, this was in a private conversation, and, you know, th- there's there's the context of it. And so, yeah, th- this wasn't them just going crazy on stage and saying something off-putting. This was something in the conversation that they were having, and that perhaps lends a little bit of credence to how they truly feel about matters, if that makes sense. Yeah, you you also have to think about this. Once that word is out there, you can't walk it back or give it context, even if it's from a conversation that's private that is now in public. You, You can't explain it away because you use the word. You know what I'm saying? It's already once it becomes public, it's public. You you apologize and you move on with your life because there's no amount of explaining or rationale that, that's going to that's going to overcome that word. And, and in my perspective, and nor should there be, I mean, because of, because of what the word means. But I give you the the leeway and the understanding that if you want to use it in private between you and your friends and how y'all feel about it and whatever, not, it doesn't offend me. I'm not there to listen to it. I'm not going to censor what you should say privately, but understand that when you use that word, the example that has already been set is it may come out. If it does, then now it's no longer private and you have to handle those consequences as such. Whether it's your fault or not, you still use the word. So does that make sense? So, yes, what you say makes sense. This is this is going along with. Tyler's question, I think it's probably a three, at least a three-fold process. A, as uh, content consumers, you know, players of these games, and of course, and this goes beyond games. We're talking about 
books, movies, all created by people that have horrific backgrounds. You know, H.P. Lovecraft, apparently Roald Dahl was a terrible person. Uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was a known, uh, extremely racist. Woodrow, I mean, I looked up like, I did research on, oh, there's tons of people in history that are beheld as great people that they were horrifically racist. So, A, can you separate the creation from the creator and just appreciate what they did. Thomas Edison was a terrible person, but yet I like electricity. Okay. Uh, okay. Then we might get into the, the whole thing of, well, they're dead and long gone. Okay. Well, how long do they have to be dead before I can appreciate or use something that or enjoy whatever I'm getting off of my own track, but so a separation of creator from creation. Can you enjoy it? B should you enjoy it? So like that, so that's when you kind of get to me into the morals, your own morals or ethics. And I had to look up the difference between morals and ethics. They're, you know, obviously they're similar, but what I gathered is that morals are your own principles. Ethics is apparently the society or the group or the culture that you're in moral principles. And that's a wide variance there. So the issue is then things become subjective because people don't like to be subjected to someone else's point of view. They, they want to exercise their free will. Okay. I see many hands raised. I'm going to stop talking for a moment. Uh, uh, Jerry. Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate your point. Yes. To, to, to answer somewhat, Tyler's question regarding can you appreciate their creation and separate their world view? Yes, you can appreciate the creation. I would argue, though, is that there are some instances where their creation is affected by their worldview. And I'll use uh, Tassini as an example. A lot of his games, Teo Teo Khan and the various other ones that he has made, people have pointed out that they're have been some misrepresentation of this theme that probably would not have been there if the person or the designer, the company, the producer, whomever had done some research in regard to that actual culture. So is, is that an unforgivable sin? I mean, I mean, go watch any movie that's historically based. And of course there's always going to be some errors in it, but the question is, is this creator taking advantage of other cultures, properties, or, or things of that nature to an extent, and perhaps even uh, presenting them in a way that's misaligned, that is not necessarily uh, a correct. And so, yes, you can appreciate the, the art. You can appreciate the creation. And yes, I do feel like you can separate that from the creator, from the, the, the designer as a whole. But at the same time, I can see where one could argue that the designer, due to their own bias, the way that they create and what they create can affect the creation, and thus that can affect your viewpoint of it. You can get into a lot of different, what some people call gray areas. I I remember, if you want to ever bring about ethics and morality, and when that comes to a stop, it's when you see the consequences of such. Because you get to see the 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 effects of it. This issue of separating the creator from the content or from the creation. 
you can go you can go a lot of different ways with it. I think the issue becomes this. You as a human being can separate that and it doesn't affect your worldview. Therefore, the consequences of his creation, if it is racist, truly racist, or you see undertones or whatever it is, doesn't affect you. There is no consequences. You're not going to certainly turn around and, and turn into a racist person or suddenly adopt that world point of view. So now your ethics and morality have held. If the creation, though, is so powerful and cuts so deep into people and has such a profound effect that it still causes something. Well, then now you have a problem. So and the reason why I say that is this. There are some things that have happened Last year, there's some things happened 400 years ago, 200 years ago that still have a very profound effect in reality of causing things that we don't like, like racism, prejudice, etc., etc. That creation cannot be separated from its effects. That means then it has a, that, that has a problem. You shouldn't participate in that. So the same way as with, with this board game, if the board game causes something, or breaks a person's morality and their ethics as an individual or on a social scale. Well, then now the separation between content and creator, it's not there. You may want to stop playing the game. But if it doesn't do that for you and it's not causing that on a social a social issue, a large scale, then, yeah, go ahead and play it. Do your thing, whatever you want to do. So that's 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 how I quantify that. And, and that's a I think that's a succinct way of putting that the second question that tyler had was does buying and playing these games give them money and influence and thus provide them more of a platform to espouse these views and so i can i I, that really is the heart of the matter to me because i think that let's be realistic this designer has or this creator or this producer or ceo whoever has said these things do I want to take my business to this place? Uh, and in doing so, am I somehow equipping them uh, or, or not not rewarding their bad behavior? But I'm I'm I don't want to use even word use the term condoning. But it's as if you somehow don't put the same. It's it's not like you don't care about their behavior. It's almost as like yeah, you recognize this behavior as being troublesome. But you don't want to do anything about it, Gabby. What say you, sir? What you think? Well, that's kind of what I was going into with. Well, then it becomes a question of your own morals and ethics, because, like we said, okay, so you're reaching out to others. What do you think? Well, for Tyler, for myself, for anybody else that has a question, should I do this? Really, it all boils down to your own conscience. If I do this, will it bother my conscience? Yes or no. To me, it's that simple. I can play this game. It's not going to bother me. I don't care. Or I'm going to play this game. Yeah, but I'm giving this guy money. Now he can espouse his views. It all boils down to what are you comfortable with? Well, I guess I understand what you're saying. And I understand what Jerry's saying. Here's what I'll say to, to to subjectivity. Again, ethics and morality, subjectivity, ultimate truth. Uh, we won't get into all that. When you see the results of what you do, when you see the results of something, 
So the, the ultimate consequences of subjectivity when it just falls away is reality, right? Because what you're saying is my conscience, I'm going to make this conscious matter and this conscious decision. And then I have to live with that conscious decision. Yeah, but you need to understand what that means. So for me on this, I thought it was an interesting question Tyler gave. It's a good question. Is that, am I essentially, as Jerry said, condoning this by giving him a platform? The answer to that question is yes, you are. Because you give him money, he uses that money to increase his platform. So now, what consequences is that? It may not be any. If you can separate yourself, again, from those consequences, people do it all the time. So, you know, that's the, the great tragedy about human beings is we can support somebody and then they go do something. You go, well, I supported them. But, and they did this terrible thing, but I didn't support that. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you want a rationale that way, that's not based in reality, but that's your choice. So the, the issue now becomes my conscience, does it allow me to be okay with the consequences of him? What is the consequences, the next step in this logical process of supporting him? Is there going to be someone who looks at this board game or looks at this essay or whatever it may be? And somehow that changes who they are, that influences them. And then they go do this terrible thing. Something that I absolutely cannot live with based on my conscience. Because we can give money to a guy on his platform. He can say stupid stuff that we disagree with. You think, oh, whatever, stupid. But carry that logic forward. If you think it's plausible, it may not be plausible. But if you think it's plausible that this guy is going to say stupid things and it's going to help cause support, plant a seed in somebody that they themselves are going to do terrible things. Can you can you live with that terrible thing? You may live with what he says. You may live with the fact he makes a, a wonderful board game. You can play it. Can you live with that possibility? Now, if that possibility is remote to you or that's an implausible scenario, then, yeah, go ahead and do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're a person who sees that and goes, hmm, I can see the consequences of that. Well, then, hey, I need to I need to stop. And I want to be very careful here. In no way am I being political either which way. I don't belong to any party. So you have to decide as a person whether you can deal with that. That and that has that has yes that involves your conscience, but it's conscious built in reality, because this is not a, a thought process. You know, you is it, this it, it's, it, it's a it's an absolute factual action that happens. Very few people can live with actual facts. Ethics and morals are, are ethereal in, until they put into reality. Reality makes everything real. So that's 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 all I'll, that's my ten cents on that. Not saying you shouldn't. By the way, Tyler, if you're listening. You want to buy the game and play it, man. I'm not, I, I'm cool with that. If you don't want to do it, I'm cool with that too. Uh, um, it, it's just, uh, that's, that's how my mind works on questions like these. And that's, and I, I and of course, like I mentioned prior, we're not advocating any particular stance on it just because of the fact that I do feel like it's a personal choice. I, and I can see the sides of, uh, and that tends to be the viewpoint being expressed is that some people are completely done with this designer, this company, and, and so forth, to the point of they're even you know burning their board games and and not playing them and having nothing to do with them, or or going as far as saying they they won't buy another one of their designs and so forth, and all that I believe is it's it's up to the individual. It's it's to they understand. My issue, I think, with it is, of course, Daniel Tassini himself and. Me, Many of the games for which he has designed, I would say, are in my top ten. And so, 
what I am trying to wrap my mind around is by, you know, a few weeks from now, a few months from now, we're probably going to do our top 10, top 20, something of that nature. And I'm going to say, oh, I, I love Marco Polo. Daniel Tazzini is part of the design team. Is that going to be troublesome? Is it going to be uh, an issue that I like a game that is connected with this designer who who may, for all I know, may never design again? There may, you know, the 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 companies might cut him and not have anything to do with him because of what he said. My point being is by playing these games and then saying, "Yeah, this is my." my top 10, this is an excellent game. Is that somehow platforming him? That is my question, really. I really think that that's what's the, the essence of what Tyler is pointing to, just a little more succinctly, though, is is, well, are you, is it wrong to like a game designed by somebody that is now no longer in vogue, I guess? Are you saying, so you can look at this two different ways, Jerry, and I need clarification. Are you, uh, if to look at it in a small world way, you're just looking at how it affects you. If you're looking at it in a big worldview, that's a that's a that's a that's a different thought process. So what are you what are you saying? In a small world view, I'm gonna play Marco Polo and it is in no way going to affect me what any of the designers have said or done in the past because I'm just playing a game. I'm enjoying the game. There is nothing troublesome about the game that I can pick up from, and so it's it's just a fun game. But from a big worldview, I have this small podcast that occasionally I ramble on about great games that I enjoy. Will it be troublesome when I go and say, hey, this is a great game? And then later somebody points out, hey, but the designer of it, this guy had said some awful things. Is that somehow giving credence to that designer from a you know, a, a global view, a big worldview there? That's so, that's my so you worry. have this idea that I think Ryan said in his email. I don't have his email in front of me, but he mentioned in this uh, the 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 racial reckoning. I think he used that term, didn't he, in his email? So that is a big that is a big picture thing. That's 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 it, it. Just truly is. Of course, this time of the this time we're living in, we can see that. So this is how I reduce that down. I boil that down. If you equate that that there is a problem globally or in your nation or whatever and it's been a persistent problem or now you recognize that it's a persistent problem that a lot of people have it you're going to try your best to avoid it in every area of life tv shows board games whatever that may be so i'm not going to support this in any way because i want to tamp down on this problem whether that problem is new to you or not the reason why this is i'm trying to be very unbiased here is it, it depends on who you are as well if you are a person in your life who have no, who who did not know, I had a person recently tell me, I just didn't know racism was so prevalent in the world. Well, I don't have that problem. I know it's prevalent. I, I live it. It's not a surprise to me. <laughs> so my reaction to it is a little different. Um, I don't expect people to change. Um, I know people can. I've seen people do that. But by and large, people don't change because they're not rational. Racism itself is not rational. So it doesn't bother me to play a game that I know somebody who's racist or who has issues. If that's if indeed they are, I'm OK with that. If it goes to a certain level, then I'll stop. That's a big world point of view. That's the social racial um, reckoning uh, that if you choose to look at. So, yeah, you may have an issue if people who listen to you are going through that in their life and recognizing that I'm a stamp down. I'm a tamp down on this in all areas. But if people aren't in that frame of mind, 
I, I think they can separate the the creator from the content from the creation. You don't have a problem. So it, it, it's it and that is not subjective. Uh, some people say was well, a conscience is subjective. It's you know it's depend on the individual person. I, I think it's less so of that. It's more of of how far do you want your participation to go? How far do you want your voice to make things change? How far do you want that to do? That is an individual decision that then will dictate your action and even your conscience and how you feel about it. Well, so. I think you hit on something that I was thinking about in that all, the a lot of it is going to is going to depend on how you have been or being personally affected yeah. by whatever is happening. Are you a friend of Daniel Tassini or Phil Eklund or Jeff DeBoer or, well, you're going to try probably to figure out what's going on, see if you can defend him somehow. Or, or if you are in part of the people that have been hurt or offended or abused or whatever, then you're going to feel very strongly the other way. Or if you're someone from a distance, you're probably going to be like, I don't know. So a lot of that, just like you said, racism somebody that's never experienced those effects is completely foreign to them. If something affects you personally, then obviously you're going to have a way stronger opinion. You're going to take a way stronger stance towards those things. Well, and I'll say this just to agree with you. Uh, this is what I always found. And this is not an odd thing. This is a normal uh, human response. When you saw when you, when a person says social reckoning, you realize that this has nothing to do with people who always feel racism. Right. There is no social reckoning. There is no awakening for people who experience racism and knows it exists. The, the reason why this has become such an issue in board gaming and, and other area, other area, other areas of life is because the people who should have been aware of it. And this is not um, putting anybody down. And this is not saying people are stupid or people are, are ignorant or whatever it may be. But what has happened is people have become aware of. Not only that racism exists or that prejudice, whatever you want to call it, exists in such a wide swath of what we do, of a human experience, even in board gaming. And the collective guilt of or the the collective self-acknowledgement of, let me not say guilt, the collective self-acknowledgement of, oh, my God, am I contributing to it? Because I didn't know that it existed. Am I contributing to this? Do I need to stop what I'm doing? How do I do my part? And not doing that. And I think that is an admirable question to have. You know, do I keep buying this board game to boost this platform? I think that is a good question to ask yourself uh, if this is a new thought to you. But oh, I'm not the banner of everything people feel when they experience racism. I have a different opinions, I'm sure, with other people who feel it all the time and probably more so in more profound ways than I do. I live in America. I mean, <laughs> I have it good compared to a lot of other people, so I can't complain or or I don't have a full knowledge of that. But for those of, of, of people who are just asking themselves that question. Yeah, I, I think it's a good question to ask. I think you'll come to terms with it uh, progressively. I think it'll mean a lot to you and you'll make your own decisions about that. And and just by asking the question, this is one of those things that by asking the question and then taking a proactive approach, even if you make a decision different than somebody else. You're contributing to the best of your ability to the good that you're trying to accomplish. And just just by nature of doing the process of acknowledging and doing the process, I think is good, whether you decide to play the board game or not. So I think that's a good thing. I was really hoping you would just come on here and tell us what we needed to do. You have not been very helpful. (laughs) 
Well, because you you don't want to you don't want just pop it out there like that, you know. Well, well, because if you here's here's this: if if a person says no, here's the odd thing about this, and you tell me what you think. The only reason why we're having this discussion about Mr. T is that now we have knowledge, firsthand personal knowledge, that he has espoused these point of views or Eklund. We know this. We have knowledge about these people. Do you think realistically of all the board game designers that you have probably you or somebody else have bought, spent hundreds of dollars on a designer that has even more insidious viewpoints than they do? Yes, you have. I told someone the other day that I hope that I don't find out that Martin Wallace believes the earth is flat. Yeah. So so if you, if you, if you decide that, Hey, I can't buy this and support this guy, then you have to ask yourself the question of, will I feel more comfortable if, if everybody gives me their war point, their worldview so that I'm okay with them. So I won't support them. So that's, if I say, Hey, no, you shouldn't do it. You should apply that across the board. If I say, yes, you should do it. Well, that means it shouldn't matter what anybody says. Well, that's, that's not, that's not plausible. That's not great. So you have to be discerning. It requires a good heart. It requires a good heart to make those decisions. And ultimately, it, this is that's what I said in the beginning. It's less about the person. It's more about uh, who we are as individuals in our hearts and who do we want to be and what views do we want to encourage. And hopefully we're positive people. And I think all people who listen to board game stomps are pretty good people. I've never known a person not to be. So, yes, you know, Enrique. But he doesn't listen to us. <laughs> so I guess that says a lot about him. <laughs> Yeah, and to, and to close this out, I, and I think that we've kind of we we've we've talked around this, and I, like I said, this is just something that was we were having this discussion anyway. We figured we might as well put it out there for the fans before we moved on to Bubba's. Well, next episode we'll do. Yeah, let's do that. Man. Top five, but yeah, in terms of of episodes and and of designers, I just think about oh Alexander Fister, who a lot of his themes of his board games dealt with colonialism, yeah. and then here. A few months back, after a very popular board game last year, Maracaibo, he talked about that he just wasn't going to make um, games of that theme really anymore. He was going to branch out and do something else. And I, I thought in terms of that, that was very proactive. What you espoused about us having to be careful about condoning certain activities, but at the same time, we can't go around and know intently every what's in the heart of every designer and what's their worldview. We just simply can't do that. But at the same time, just being careful and making the decision ourselves. I think that's a, that's a wise thing. Yeah, yeah. stance either which way. Yeah. I'll do that for you just because broccoli or cauliflower, broccoli, broccoli, cauliflower. Okay. Is, Bye. is I'm done. I'm done. Tasteless. I'm done in this podcast. End it now. Yeah. But by the way, uh, cauliflower is a lot more he- it's a lot healthier for you supposedly. But I still don't like it. Hate it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Okay. Well, this is our this is our first time recording on ZenCaster, so I hope this episode actually uh, saves and airs. Uh, if it does, I like this app. It would really suck if we did an hour of great philosophical minds joining together to save the world, but. Tune in next week for Bubba's top five and, of course, his thoughts on QAnon. (laughs) Peace. I'll see you later. I have no comment. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 